Before we get to today's show, let me tell you about HubSpot. Finding a service solution that helps you keep your customers happy can feel impossible. Like try to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at the networking event. HubSpot's all new service hub can help. It brings together service and success together on one platform. With AI-powered help desk and chatbots to handle your frontline support tickets. So you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Against the Green, your show for marketing-minded people everywhere. I'm your co-host, Kip Bodner. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Kieran Flanagan. We have an amazing show today for everybody. We are talking about predictions for 2023. So this is our predictions for what is going to happen in the world of marketing and business in 2023 so that everybody listening and watching can plan accordingly. It is going to be a wild year. That is one thing we know. But Kieran and I have spent some time. We've done some work and research in the background. We're coming to you with our predictions for 2023. We got to look to the future now. We're all about the future. And Kieran, I, I want to start my first prediction with a TikTok-based prediction. You ready? Hit me. All right. I think in 2023, TikTok gets regulated. I don't think it gets banned in the United States, but it gets regulated in the U.S. and potentially other countries. And with that regulation, that period of time will slow the TikTok's growth for a little while. I think long-term TikTok will get there, but it's going to have a period of slow growth. And I think that will help accelerate YouTube's growth and YouTube as the dominant video platform, that the regulation of TikTok will only help YouTube and YouTube first marketers will win in 2023. So I know TikTok's a great channel, but I still think doubling down on YouTube and being YouTube first, TikTok and other video channels, second marketer in 2023 is going to be where it's at. Agree or disagree? Can you maybe clarify for me and people listening what you mean by regulation? Because it could be a lot of different ways you get regulated. Yeah, so TikTok is owned and operated by a Chinese company, and especially in the United States, but I think also in Europe and other countries, there's a lot of concerns around data access, manipulation, information manipulation, misinformation on TikTok as a platform, just in general, because of its growing popularity and the fact that it is really owned and regulated by China. And so what I think is going to happen is that different governments will regulate how data can be shared across TikTok, what data can be captured, mm. and it will inhabit, I think it will impact their ads, their algorithm, not for the long-term, I think they'll be fine long-term, but I think in the short-term will be a hit to the experience and will push people in the short-term to other platforms, especially YouTube. The most valuable part of the video ecosystem to own would be like real long form video because it's just better for monetizing through ads in other ways. So like I think YouTube is inherently a more valuable platform because it started as long form video and now is layering on shorts, whereas TikTok like starts as shorts. It's gonna be hard for them to go long form. I think any regulation is a win for YouTube and a win for businesses and marketers that are YouTube first. And I think yep. we're gonna see some TikTok regulation in 2023. And that is my first prediction. Okay, let me give you uh, my first prediction. Now, I do have a lot of AI in my predictions. <laughs> I, I intentionally stayed away from AI because I knew you were going to go super heavy on AI. Someone did a great post, like tongue-in-cheek your resolutions, and they would have <laughs> completely delete every word or every part of Web3 from my profile and insert 
AI and start talking about how AI is actually the more transformative and AI is Web3. So I'm exactly <laughs> that person, which is like, oh, the crypto thing was like, cool, but well, have you seen this Web3 thing? So um, my first one is, I think educational content is going to be much more disrupted and saturated than we think. Ooh. Like, I don't think people have really understood that AI is going to attack the value of content and content for marketing purposes. And I think it's going to see the value of things like blog posts, eBooks, like all of the educational content that is part of the way that we've discovered how to add value to customers and how do we uh, attract prospects. And I think companies are going to be forced much more quicker than they think to start to look at content that has strong point of view, content that cannot be easily replicated by an AI machine. But the problem is, and this is actually a problem for marketing as a in general, as we kind of move on over the next couple of years, is that stuff is just harder to measure. We know because we bought a media company, it's not mm -hmm. harder to measure for us because we have a way that we want to use that and we have a good vision of why we did that. But I think a lot of companies will just try to think, well, how does my thought leadership posts monetize in comparison to my like blog posts. And that's really not the purpose. Like they're very, very different purposes. And so I think there's going to have to be like a real change in mentality in marketers when they start to see the value of all of this educational content that acquires customers in a linear way, get disrupted and saturated and actually have to pivot to how do I just be part of what people are discussing online? How do I add value to the conversation? How do I actually start the conversation? And that is a much harder skill to learn. And I think my big thing is, I've talked to a lot of people. I just don't think people, or maybe I'm wrong, I don't think people realize how quickly this is going to happen. It's going to happen really quick. I disagree with you somewhat on this prediction. I think AI is going to impact content discovery more than it is like educational content. I think how people discover and interact with information and education is going to completely change. The part I agree with is that AI is going to commoditize parts of educational content and information to the point where brands and companies and individuals are going to have to have proprietary data and proprietary point of view to really differentiate long term. I think that's kind of what you were pushing on. So I agree with that. I think it will disrupt content. I think it's going to disrupt discovery way more than actually the content created. Yeah, well, my point is, if you are a early stage company and you used to be able to win because you were figured out how to create really cool educational content in the form of blog posts and monetize that through eBooks and things like that, you be able to use that to grow customers. I think today you are just one of many companies who could all produce the exact same content at the exact same quality because you're all going to mostly use AI to actually improve that content. And what you're saying is what are the things you can add on to that that make it much more valuable and unique to you? Yes. And I think the things you can add on are propriety data, which not many companies will be able to create a slew of content around propriety data or propriety point of view. And I think that point of view does not monetize in the same way as educational content. I think it didn't monetize in the same way historically. I think it might monetize differently in the future. I think we don't know yet. We don't know yet. All right. I was not surprised that your first prediction was AI related. Let's get real. Kieran, I got another one for you that I think is pretty, pretty fascinating. I think 2023 is going to be the rise of the rest in advertising. Yeah. For the last decade, advertising has been dominated by Google and Facebook. But, Kieran, did you know that Google and Facebook's market share for advertising in 2022 was 48.4%? First of all, that number is way less than I would have suspected. I would have thought it would have been north of 60. That was the first time that their combined market share has been under 50% since 2014. Nearly a decade, Google and Facebook had over 
50% of the advertising market share. They're declining. I think that decline is going to continue. Why is that? Is because we're going to see the rise of the rest in advertising. You're going to see other players like Amazon and Netflix. Amazon's ad business is growing exceptionally quickly. Mm -hmm. Netflix is going to be rolling out ads. Reddit and TikTok and other platforms are becoming more important discovery channels. Their advertising business is growing. And like we've talked about before, other traditional advertising channels like out of home are cheap and becoming better to track. And so the ad landscape is going to diversify and it's going to become less dominated by Google and Facebook in 2023. I agree. I think it's actually really good for the consumer. It's good for marketers. The less of a monopoly we have in these places, the better. And I think you see that. The more competition of good advertising, the better performance you're going to get at a better cost. Right. And so we talked about DoorDash having an ad platform, Uber having an ad platform. So you just have like much more debundling because you actually have companies over time, especially marketplaces, who have access to a lot of consumers like Airbnb could easily have some sort of freemium tier where they use advertising across all of their hosts or something like that. But those two companies, Facebook and Google, why do they have a lot of headwinds? They have a lot of headwinds. And my last point on this is if you're a marketer or if you're a business, a CEO hiring what would traditionally be called like a performance marketer, somebody who does advertising on Google and Facebook, that job's going to change. It used to be you could hire a specialist who was super amazing at optimizing Google and Facebook, and that's still going to be important. But wow, when there's a bigger diversification of advertising platforms, you need to hire a different type of person, a person that has creativity for testing and implementing creative across lots of different channels and can find unique ad units, especially in new platforms that don't even exist yet, a la Netflix or other things that are going to be rolling out this year. So the type of person and the and the profile person that you're looking for to do great digital direct response advertising is going to change. Agreed. All right, next, let's go. Okay, one more. This is somewhat cheating because it's related to the first point, but I did want to cover (laughs) why I actually think it's the only thing that truly matters in terms of how disruptive it's going to be in that. I think chat GPT is going to completely change the way that we search. Oh yeah, this was my point. I think it's going to happen again far quicker than people think. So let me yes. kind of go through a couple of super interesting things about chat GBT as a search engine. So it is only two months old. Like that's the thing to keep in mind, right? It has been out since November and it's already better in some ways than Google. Uh, and I have used it a lot over Christmas, over the holidays. And I actually um, did a ton of research on what people found useful about chat GBT as a search engine versus Google. I actually, this morning, kept I started writing a novel with chat GPT, you might've seen this. I think I slacked it to you about someone who lost all their money in the stock market and actually has to steal and sell their neighbor's cheese in the black market. <laughs> and it's doing a great job. I never, I never thought you'd write a novel yeah. about black market cheese. I tell you, black market cheese is doing a great job helping me write that. Okay, so what, what are some of the ways that it's already succeeded over Google? Here's the thing to think about. Chat GPT is not a replacement for Google. It is something new because it's a search yeah. assistant, not a search engine, right? And so what it does is it's actually a layer on top of search And it neatly packages all of your answers in a clear, concise way. So you don't have to worry that all of these 10 answers have different ways that they're formatting those answers, different ways that they're scribing those answers. And you have to like go back and forth, search one, two, three, four, all the 10 blue links to like find the answer you were looking for. It actually like packages it up in a very clear and concise way. The formatting is really good. It has no fluff. So think about when you search for a recipe, 
You actually have to have all of this fluff content around the actual value because you want to rank in content. Chat GPT does not care about any of that. So it is able to just give the answer in a very like clear and concise way, but just give you the answer that you want versus all of the ancillary stuff that sits around it. The third, I think, is the biggest. This is how it's transformative. Let's go. Let's go. It is how quickly you can iterate and refine your answer yes. and questions, right? So a really great example is like, I asked ChatGPT for a recipe. Then I say, hey, I'm allergic to these three ingredients and I really like this type of food. Can you redo the recipe? It does it instantly. Imagine yeah. the how I would have to do that in Google, right? Imagine me trying to replace three of the ingredients on a recipe it gives me back and just say like, whatever you think are good ingredients, if I give you this type of food that I'm interested in. It provides added value. There was a really great study where this company, Surge AI, took 500 searchers and they said, like, search for these things on Google and chat GBT and tell us how you thought about them. And they did these coding examples. Mm -hmm. So when you ask Google for something, it gives you back the answer. When you ask chat GPT for something, it actually approves upon your ask. It says, yes. oh, well, these are other things you should think about and gives you back what it thinks will be actually a more valuable answer. Like just completely better than Google in every way. Coding, like we don't need to get into that too much. That's really where it's shining at the moment is actually for coding, which I think is like crazy to think about. Totally. Like one of the best use cases we found is for engineers. <laughs> People prefer no ads. I think this is temporary because OpenAI yeah. is spending three to five million a day. They're not going to keep it free forever. Where does it fail? So it's not a Google replacement yet. And Google have said that they're, again, we've talked about this. They're four years ahead of OpenAI, but they are really hesitant to put it out because it might destroy the world. Uh, it's not going to destroy the world. It's going to destroy their ad business. That's exactly what that's I said. That's why they don't want to put it out. So I got one bonus point before you finish up here for everybody watching. As marketers and as businesses today, we think about Microsoft as a productivity software company for the most part. They are going to be a search player and a player in the marketing space because of their partnership with OpenAI. Yes. yes. Uh, this is the thing to understand. I am uh, totally on board the GPT chat train as a disruptor for search. And even if Google releases its own version, Microsoft has gotten in the marketing game, They're in, the game. in a big way. And right. that I think is going to be one of the big takeaways and trends of 2023. Play the long game. Microsoft yes. played the long game. How many times have we made fun at Bing? And to your point, maybe Google's AI is going to be better but is it going to be Google versus Bing better? No, I don't think so. I think they really are in the game now with OpenAI. But here's where it fails, all right? So it, ChatGPT is like the know-it-all at your dinner table, right? Yeah. Every single thing that someone talks about, oh, I know the answer to that. I know the answer to that. I know the answer to that. <laughs> and it's wrong. That's Kieran for people watching. He's that guy. <laughs> I am ChatGPT. <laughs> and it is wrong as much as it is right, but you can't tell the difference because no, it's as it's confident. So confident. <laughs> it's so confident, right? So uh, <laughs> its information is pre-221. That's a really easy problem there to solve. It's not even a problem. That's by design, but they will yeah. solve that. And you know, I've done a ton of looking around Twitter and looking at what people were coming yeah. back with. It doesn't appear to be as good at very obscure topics. And I've said before, this is why Google is really hard to disrupt because 80% of its queries, I'm, I could be very wrong on this, so free, free to correct me, but some wild stat, maybe it's 30% on Google are queries it's never seen before. Yes. I believe it's 20 to 30% of yeah. queries each year are new queries, yes. And so that's where Google Wings is in the long tail. And that still is going to be, I think, hard for people to beat. All right, you're saying that GPT is disrupting and I'm doing an add-on saying that that is going to get Microsoft more and more in the marketing game. We'll be right back. But before, let me tell you about another podcast I love. Nudge, hosted by Phil Agnew, 
is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Ever noticed how the smallest changes can have the biggest impact? On Nudge, you learn simple evidence-backed tips to help you kick bad habits, get a raise, grow a business. Every bite-sized 20-minute show comes packed with practical advice. Nudge is fast-paced, but it's still insightful with real-world examples that you can apply. Oh, and it's the UK's fastest-growing business podcast. If you want an MBA's worth of insight one podcast, this is the right show for you. Entrepreneurs will love this show because it's filled with repeatable proven studies, not hearsay and one-off success stories. You're going to love the show because I was interviewed by Phil. You can go check out my episode. And I recently listened to an awesome episode. It's called Six Scientifically Proven Persuasion Techniques. It's a must listen for anyone in marketing. Listen to Nudge wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Kieran, I've got to give you a prediction about a topic you didn't see coming. Email, baby! I have an email prediction. Email stays the same. (laughs) Email newsletters are going to continue their rise. If you look, there are newsletters popping up everywhere and niche newsletters are coming back. They've gone full circles. Email newsletters are back and that rise is going to continue in 2023. That being said, traditional email performance marketing to promote products and discounts and all that kind of stuff is going to decline in performance. So newsletters are going to come back more and perform better, get better engagement. And traditional market email is going to get lower engagement over the next year. And those companies, those brands who have a newsletter as the initial start of their email marketing experience are going to see better performance metrics. They're going to see less decay in their traditional email marketing. That is my prediction for email in 2023. I think there's a distinction to be made between the number of newsletters created versus an increase in the number of newsletters that are consumed. There's two arguments. You'd be like, oh, doesn't GPT chat just kill newsletters? And I think newsletters are more point of view and more timely. So I think AI is still, we'll get there eventually, but that's not a 2023 thing. And the second thing is like, can people consume newsletters? That's actually more of my argument. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm putting out both arguments here. And what I'm saying is there is such crap niche daily relevant content in the world that you're seeing a pretty successful newsletter growth. I mean, we're seeing it with The Hustle. It's not like The Hustle's not growing. It has the advantage of being like one of the first big newsletters in business of its time. No, like there's a climate newsletter out there called The Cool Down that's growing and doing really well. I think you're going to see more. I think you are underestimating how many newsletters that are actually out there of any real consequence. I, I'm a big believer in newsletters. Most All of the information yeah. I actually get today is predominantly through newsletters. I consume five or 10 a day. I think there's a limit to the amount of newsletters that you can produce versus the amount of newsletters that people can consume. So you're a little skeptic of this prediction. A year from now, we will find out. What do you got for me? Anything else over there? I got one more, which is more just in terms of a counterpoint to the things that we usually say. So I think we usually say, hey, like don't die through iteration and try to think much bigger and do the counterintuitive thing. I think 2023 is a year that actually sweat in the iteration does matter. Every digit and every point that you can gain is going to be meaningful because it's going to be a hard year. You're you're Uh, calling 2023 is the year of the grind. 2023, year of the grind, year of like doubling down on, on every single thing that you can squeeze to get a little bit of extra juice out of. And maybe pushing back like the big three year bet, not pushing back, but like, 
taking a little bit off the big three or bet to make sure that you have all the bases covered on every singular thing you could be doing to improve every channel that is driving meaningful demand for your business today. Okay, so Kieran's calling 2023 the year of the grind and more so like building upon what's already working for you and maybe doing less of new programs. And I think that's fair advice. I don't think you can totally walk away from new programs. No, no, not walk away. But when I say a new program, it might be a new program or a strategy that you think is going to have impact in like three to six months, not three years, you know, where it's like everything you've already got up and running, you get benefit of that today. And if you improve it, you get that benefit as soon as that improvement goes live. You're going to need to do some new things, but the time horizon on when those things are going to work is going to need to be shorter. It's going to be three, six, 12 months at at probably the far end, not two or three years. Exactly. Quick hits. CPMs are going to normalize. (laughs) PLG, product-led growth is going to look more attractive than ever. And a lot more people are going to decide to opt in to consult and or take some time off because 2023 is going to be such a grind. There you go. Employment's going to get kind of more in balance in 23. People are going to take time off. I totally agree with that. I got one more for you before we get into a game. I've got a game, everyone. So don't go anywhere. One more, which is, I had to do Web3 one, Kieran. I had to. It seems unfair to all the builders out there building on the blockchain. I think Ethereum and Polygon are going to grow as NFTs become more mainstream and brands look to build on these platforms in the second half of 2023. So I think NFTs are going to see a resurgence of popularity that is going to drive adoption of Ethereum and Polygon and brands are going to continue to iterate on their kind of decentralized Web3 strategies in 2023. We've got a lot of builders out there building. I know this is a crazy one, but I think it's going to happen. I want to see an incredible example of how a brand has used NFTs in a clever way. I know we had a Starbucks. I think the Starbucks loyalty thing is pretty, pretty a clever, loyalty dude. thing is really, mu- like, really blah. Like, really wow. not that interesting. Ouch. Shots fired. It's not. Because the only thing it does is add a secondary market. Like, it's not interesting. Like, who's trading Starbucks points in the secondary market? I, I think there are a lot of smart people out there building in a non-speculative time where they have a little bit more time to think bigger and do the right thing. I agree with that. I don't think this is the first half of 2023 thing. I think this is the second half of 2023. I think we are going to see Ethereum and Polygon grow. And I think NFTs are going to be a big driver and brands and their work on NFTs are going to be a big driver. So that being said, those are our kind of long form predictions, but we want to give you a quick hit prediction game that we call grow or slow. So I'm going to name some things that we're going to say, do we think they're going to grow or do we think they're going to slow in 2023 with like a one or two sentence answer as to why? You ready, Kieran? Let's go. That's going to be hard. Short form video. Grow or slow? Grow. Yeah, grow. It's a no-brainer. It's got all the tailwinds. People migrate from text and video. Hard to replicate. 100%. Events, grow or slow? Can you say, what's the middle like? The same? Same. I don't know. I I think... I I think events grow. I think they grow. I think they slow because a lot of companies, it's a lot of their budget. And I think when you cut budget, you probably cut events. Well, so this is what's tricky about this one. I think the number of events slows. I think the events that do exist will grow because people are still coming off of a pandemic and want to be around people and everything. So I think this is kind of a two-parter on the events one. Facebook ads, grow or slow? I think it's actually both because I think it slows overall because less companies spend money on Facebook, but I think it grows for the brands who use Facebook because CPMs come down because there's less competition. All right. So you think the people there are spending more efficiently, but ultimately it slows. Love that. Yes. Brand advertising, grow or slow? Same. 
But I think for some brands, they're going to use it as an arbitrage and actually lean into brand because other brands are yeah. going to... I think brand advertising will slow. I think the people that do it are going to get some unfair benefits. Exactly. I'm totally with you on that. Copywriting, grow or slow? Grow. Grow. Copywriting is on fire. Yeah, on fire. It's becoming more and more important than ever before. Get yourself a good copywriter. But you know, it is really hard to hire an internal copywriter. They are very unique characters. <laughs> very unique They are. Well, and, and check out our episode with Dickie Bush, where we do deep dive into the world of writing, copywriting, worth it. SEO, grow or slow? Slow. And I love SEO. Wow! But I'm telling you. SEO is slowing? We are slowing because we are going to get really disrupted by chat okay. and AI and things that like, I think it's a real worry. I think it's yeah. a real worry. I think search is the best way to acquire demand for a business. And I think if we see a meaningful problem with that, and we already are, yeah, we, we are. already are seeing it. And I think the way that Google actually beats ChatGPT is actually improving the snippets. And that's bad for everyone because you so never bad. have to leave the page. And so I think it's going to be really disruptive to brands who rely on search. Quick follow-up related, display advertising, grow or slow? Slow. Real slow. If you believe in all of the search and GPT chat predictions, you would say that all of those display advertising content sites, those will just now be chat answers and display advertising consumption is going to go way, way, way down. It's going to be bad. Be bad. If you're spending a lot on display, I recommend rethinking that strategy. Well, for a lot of reasons, but it's also going to stop. <laughs> yeah, if, you're, if, you're, if, you're if your predominant way you're growing is display advertising, then you should just rethink everything about what you're doing in marketing. <laughs> all right, email marketing, grow or slow? The same. I think it's going to slow a little bit. I think it's going to slow yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I guess. I think people are going to be desperate and sending a lot more email. And yeah, so I think yeah, that's yeah. going to cause consumption and everything to slow. It's going to slow. People are going to also be buying less. And so they're going to be less engaged with any kinds yeah. of those emails. SMS slash WhatsApp, like other forms of messaging, marketing, grow or slow? Slow. Same reasons as the, uh, maybe, maybe grow actually in some regions. Grow. I think they're going to grow in some regions because some regions are behind instrumenting those into their communicate yeah, contract. I, I think they're less saturated and they're going to grow because they're less saturated right. compared to email and some other channels. The problem with all of that comms is I've also seen AI tools who are really good at just automating all that for you. So yes. to your point, like you could have every company in the world doing incredible comms without needing to have actual humans to do it for them, which is going to get real saturated real quick. Real saturated very, very quick. Blogging, grow or slow? Slow. I think blogging is going to slow because of the search disruption we talked about. YouTube. Grow or slow? Grow. Point of view, like just different type of content that's going to you to grow. YouTube is going to have a bigger year than ever in 2023. The last one I'll give you is streaming as a marketing platform. So Netflix ads, Hulu ads, all that kind of stuff. Is that going to grow or slow in 2023? Well, it grows if Netflix, when is Netflix coming out with their freemium offer? Sometime in 2023, yeah, early 24. So I, I think with Netflix, it grows. I think it's going to stay pretty steady before the Netflix ad launch. Before the Netflix, yeah. Hey, everything is, uh, should we figure out new jobs? Like everything is slowing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pessimistic Kieran's back, maybe. I'm not pessimistic. No, like, no, literally, you are. You are. You're, you are. Everything is slowing. Yeah, I think this is a really interesting takeaway. I'm only joking. Like, marketing is the best career to me, anyway, on the oh, planet. 100%. Other than if I could have been an, uh, I was an engineer, and if I could have truly been an engineer, I would have been an engineer if I wasn't smart enough. Uh, <laughs> he couldn't hack it, everybody. <laughs> no offense, Kip. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. I could not have been an engineer. I know that. But uh, if you just take this 
that's a really good segment. But you take that segment as a microcosm for a lot of things we've talked about. Everything is slowing has real direct linear path into like it's measurable, a direct path into becoming a customer. Everything that is growing has a non-linear path to becoming a customer is indirect measurement. And I think this is the change that is going to happen in marketing. Yeah, This is absolutely. the fundamental change that is going to happen in marketing. And I think it's going to be a tricky one to navigate. Well, so a boring grower slow that I think we would both agree is going to grow would be attribution and data access and modeling. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're going to get much, much better. And if you are a really data-minded person who can build great attribution models, wow, that your career is in a great spot going into 2023 because I think the changing marketing landscape means that you're going to need more specialized skills for how you look at and reporting on all the work you're doing. Yeah. And I'll end with this. There is, and I would love to give him his credit because it was someone tweeted this and I can't recall his name and I've just realized that I deleted his tweet, but he was saying that he talked to Google and Facebook. They are trying to move to a different metric. What they're going to try and do is to wean you off direct mm -hmm. attribution and to get you on to indirect attribution because it's in their favor to do that. Because if you only look at direct attribution, that is why you're seeing the dollars come out of Google and Facebook. If they can get you trained, actually there's way more value in this when you throw in all of these additional things, they can actually better ring fence their ad revenue. And so that's the change that I think will start to spur marketing in that direction as well. When you actually have these large platforms releasing better attribution that is not just direct attribution, but includes indirect attribution. Totally agree. I, for one, am here to say, peace out 2022. I really didn't like you. I'm really glad that that year is gone. I don't know if you're in my camp on like, I hated 2022. Get out of here, yeah, man. Like you could say the same thing about 2020, 2021, at least in 2022, we could travel. <laughs> Look, when it comes to 2030, I'm going to throw the biggest 2030 party ever because I'm going to want to be done with the 2020s. Wow. But I'm an optimist, Kieran, and I am hoping... 2023 is going to be better than 2021 and 22. One good thing happened in 2022. I want to give you, just before we go, I want to give you my really quick guess this tune because I've been practicing <laughs> oh, nice. a lot over Christmas. You ready? Oh, let's do it. Ready? Let's do it. I'm terrible at this game. <laughs> Come on, you watched the show. There? You watched the show. It's one of your favorite shows. What is that from? I don't know. White Lotus season two. Oh, that's an awesome White Lotus. White Lotus season two was it's dope. Really good. If you haven't watched it out totally there, dope. totally watch it. What was the best thing you watched over break as our sign off? Oh, you know what? I actually watched some old Monty Python skits oh, and they are nice. the best things on the internet. And I am really psyched for the new Bernie Madoff documentary coming out of Netflix this month. That's sweet. I watched Glass Onion. I love mysteries. Oh, I watched that. I thought it was it's really good. great. Plus, there's a new heist thing on Netflix. You love heists. Yeah, but it's like, it's called Kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope. I, yeah. I'm dying to watch Kaleidoscope. Nobody who's watched it, spoil it in the comments for me. Please, please. We'll be back with Kaleidoscope Talk. But... 2023. Let's get it going. I'm excited that it's here. Here's some predictions. We'll be back with you next year to tell you how wrong we were about everything. <laughs> but until then, have a great week and we'll see you soon on Marketing Against the Crank. <laughs> <laughs>